All right, Ethan. Ready for it? Well, don't be too funny. I have to come back up here next week now. You ready? Wait, 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 wait. Need this. What did the banana say to the gorilla? Nothing. Bananas can't talk. <laughs> that was good. Brown's back on side. Which animal can't be trusted during exams? The cheetah. Yay! Well done. Is that it? Good boy. Thanks, Ethan. Good man. Thank you. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share for a couple of minutes here. And then, uh, and then I'm going to hand over to Neville. And then David's gonna come and we're gonna we're gonna pray for pray for Amy. Um it's twelve o'clock at lunch time. Um in keeping with our what we've been talking about the last number of Sundays, we've been talking about this very good gospel, the good news. And uh, in some ways, acknowledging what's happening today, but also still within the theme of the last number of Sundays, I want to talk about how um, the gospel is good news for those who have been silenced. Um, good news for those who have been silenced. And so I just really want to take five minutes, five, ten minutes to talk about, uh, to use Romans chapter 16. Um to base a, a couple of thoughts on. Whereas Romans is after Acts, isn't it? Um, apparently, now I haven't done the research on this. Like, I don't know who has done the research on this. I don't know how reliable it is. But apparently, this is one of the least preached chapters in the Bible, along with First uh, Chronicles 1 to 9. Um, so again, I think it's probably a certain amount of truth in it, because... First Chronicles is literally just a, a whole load of people's names, and who wants to who wants to read that? Never mind here preaching on it, you know. But um, Romans chapter sixteen is similar. Similar. Um, it it is Paul coming to the end of this uh, incredibly theologically rich uh, letter that he's written to the Romans, and at the end of that chapter, the end of Romans sixteen, he brings personal greetings. And, uh, and in particular, he, he wants to commend to the Romans a, a list of people. And so I'll, I'll read the first few, I'll read the first few names on this list. I commend to you our sister Phoebe. That was, that was his first person that he commended. Uh, Phoebe's real, I'm not going to, I'm not here to talk about Phoebe, but Phoebe would be a wonderful person to chat about. Um, It is, most scholars is strongly suggested that Phoebe was the one that that brought the this letter to the to the church in Rome, to the Romans. Um, it was Phoebe 
who was the one who interpreted this letter. It was Phoebe who read the letter. It was Phoebe who taught the letter uh, of all that this entailed to the to the Romans. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. And Paul says, I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way that's worthy of the saints and to give her any help that she may need from you, for she has been a great help to many people, including me. Um, and then greet Priscilla and Aquila, this like this missionary power couple. Um, we read about in Acts 16, 17, 18, uh, partnered with Paul, my fellow workers in Christ. Um, they risked their lives for me. Not only I, but the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Um, greet the church that meets in their house. Greet Eponidas, who was the first convert. Greet Mary, who worked uh, worked hard for you. And then verse 7, greet Andronicus and Junius. That's what this version says, uh, which is this. It's awful to say this, but this is going to be removed from this church. Because Junius is not the right name. Uh, Great Andronicus and Junia. I don't know what your version says. It'd be interesting to have a conversation about this afterwards because uh, I don't want to bore you with all of the history and all of the all of the minor details um, of this name. But Junia is her name. And Junia, for too long, for too long, has been silenced. And I think she was silenced because of what came after um, that she was outstanding among the apostles. Junia was outstanding among the apostles. And so if I was to bore you with the details, it would take you back to the early church, and then it would bring you right up to 1927 and bore you with how they added this added S into this name because it's just people that just couldn't handle the fact that Paul was acknowledging uh, this, an outstanding apostle. It was even a big deal to acknowledge someone, like elevate an apostle above everybody else, but to acknowledge a female apostle above everybody else, people could not handle that. And so they added an S onto it. And so if you go to any, if you do any work around this at all, you will realize that there has never been, there never was, and there's never been since a name in the ancient Near East by anybody called Junius. It's not a name, it doesn't exist, but it's what they, it's what people that were nervous that didn't fit their theology did. They added an S and they, they began to silence Junia because they added the S and then they made a footnote in at the bottom. That's what began to happen over the years. They, they made her a footnote. And so you would read, you would read, if you're familiar with this, you'll read along, you will read Junius. You'll be like, what? That's not a name. Nobody's called Junius. And then you'd see what it last and you go down to the bottom of it and it'd say other oh, other places call, call, call this person Junia. Until eventually they removed the footnote and silenced, silenced her all together. They tried to make her a mere footnote and then they tried to silence her all together. But thankfully, through good scholarship and good theology, uh, she's no longer silenced. And that is good news. This is an apostle. And what I love about this, what I love about what Paul is commending to us is that here is someone who has experienced Jesus. Here is someone who has 
represented Jesus. Here is someone who has been part of establishing the church. Really important. It's really important. It's good news for those who have been silenced, and it's relevant to what we want to talk about, what we want to celebrate today. Probably a miracle-working woman. And I know you usual romantic men are already saying, I know, I know, I'm sitting right beside one right now. Um, but here is one, represented Jesus, experienced Jesus, established the church, probably miracle-working woman who taught the gospel, preached the gospel, and taught the church. And so if we go back to three, 300s, 400s, to the early Christian church fathers, those most significant early church fathers, I love um, one of my favorites is John Chrysostom. And he said to be an apostle is something great, but to be outstanding among them, what high praise that is. They were outstanding on the basis of their work and virtuous actions. Indeed, how great the wisdom of this woman must have been that she was deemed worthy of the title of apostle. And so a couple of weeks ago, um, we talked about the Samaritan woman. And as I reflected, as I was reflecting on uh, this morning, I couldn't help but think uh, uh, in, in line with the gospel being good news for those who have been silenced. We could have preached that lot two weeks ago. Because here was, here, was a, here was a woman who had been silenced. She'd been silenced because of her circumstances. She'd been silenced because of her ethnicity, silenced because of her gender, silenced for many other reasons. But she encounters Jesus. She meets with Jesus. And because of that, she's no longer silenced. Because she is the one, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, is the first person to preach the gospel in John's account. The first person to go and preach the gospel. The per first person that no longer to be silenced when once silenced was a Samaritan woman. She encountered Jesus and she went back and something incredible was established in that community because of her testimony, because of what the Lord had done in her life. And again, we don't have time this morning, but I just had a, I just started to, just was reading about all of these um, other other characters that have been silenced that we've never heard of. And I, and I want to just mention them quickly because I found myself today, and not, my imagination's rubbish, but I've almost found myself just lined up, like found myself imagining, I don't know, like I don't know how I picture them, but picturing Phoebe and Junia and Mary and Priscilla. And then I was reading the story about um, a lady called Mary Dentier. Nobody's, I'm sure nobody's heard of her name. But I'm sure, I imagine if I was to go around the room and ask if you've heard of Martin Luther and John Calvin, I imagine a few hands in the room would go up because they're a significant, played a significant role in the Reformation, the Reformation of the church. But if you were to go back, and I encourage you to do it, go and type into Google Mary Dentier and read how she was, this, she was acknowledged by everybody as being just the most courageous preacher. She was acknowledged as a woman of the Reformation. She, um, she was, and I think probably silence because we all know everybody else, but her role was hugely, hugely important. I was to go around the room and ask, has anybody heard of Mary McLeod Bethune? Any hands? Like it should be a big prize if anybody's heard of Mary McLeod Bethune. 
it doesn't surprise me if I was to ask around the room, has anybody heard of Martin Luther King Jr.? I imagine majority of the hands in the room would go up. But again, if you were to go back, I think, along with others, that she was the one that laid the foundation for all that he then would do. Um, we know of we know of Martin Luther King Jr., but her influence as a teacher, her influence as an activist in the civil rights movement was huge. And so I'm not getting into all of the details of that, but just for myself picturing all of these all of these women. And it wasn't even, the, in some ways it was because they're women, but it was mainly because here are voices that have been silenced. They've been silenced for too long. I find myself just thinking of how like, each generation that broke the barriers. Junia broke a lot of barriers. Phoebe broke a lot of barriers. Marie Dentier, Mary McLeod Bethune, broken lots of barriers. And each generation faced the benefit because there were those who were willing to be courageous and stick their head above the parapet that made the barriers less for the next generation. Made the voices that had been silenced generation before because of what they did made it um, easier for the next. And so I, I love that, especially when we think about Generation Sunday. Because I am in my picturing of the race row of women, I see I see Amy Anderson on this row, one who will one who will then break barriers, one who will no longer be silenced. And not just for her, because of the giftings and what Amy carries, but for these ones that will come next. That they'll not have to break through the barriers that all of these other ones have had to break through. They'll not have to be worried about their voices being silenced anymore because of the work that's been done up until this moment. And that's 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 coming from I that's coming from I think that's like Jesus centered, gospel centered. This is not me trying to please the women. This is not me trying to get an extra bit of dessert from a dinner during the week. This is like this is a, this is what I believe is at the very heart of the gospel. Is voices who have been silenced are no longer silenced. Barriers that needed to be break down are increasingly not needing to be broke down. And so finish finish with that and try to then move into this moment of welcoming Amy into leadership with us this morning. Um, I was talking talking briefly this morning to some of the guys and I, was, I realized I was looking at my notes that as I've been thinking about the pattern of the early church, I don't have time to go into that this morning either, but the pattern of the early church, and if you were to go and just watch Paul, what he does, and, and through his letters, through the through the incredible stories in Acts, we'll see the consistent pattern was that Paul evangelized cities. He established churches. And he empowered Christian leaders. You're not having the same moment that I had, but I realized that evangelizing cities and establishing churches was EC. I'm not usually like this, but I really wanted the next, the the next C, or the next third thing to be an EC. So I've squeezed that a wee bit, but it is still the pattern. And hopefully, by me letting you in, 
know how my silly mind works sometimes, you will remember that the pattern of the early church was to evangelize cities, establish churches, and empower Christian leaders. And within this idea of empowering Christian leaders was Paul um, identifying those, those, those giftings, as, he, as we see here at the end of Romans. He's identified, and he called out Junia and Phoebe and others. He identified them and established them as teachers and apostles and roles of significance within the church. That's what his pattern was. And so um, this is really important. What we're doing this morning is really important. And so I like to think that it's true of us that I, I, don't, I hope we don't take ourselves too seriously, but I, I hope that what we do and what we're called to, that you know that we take that seriously. The calling of, of God that's on us as a church family um, to one another and to this community, we take that seriously. And so what we're doing today is it's not a token gesture. It's really important because it's following in the line of the pattern of the early church and the, the, the life of the church up until this moment. And um, and so I just want to share a couple of couple more verses, and then hand over to Neville. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, um, verse 2, and I suppose this is what we, we, are, we are doing today. I mean, Paul, in his writing to Timothy, his closing words, people say that this is one of his last letters, and he says to Timothy, you then be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. And so before you all get too excited, men, the word here is used to describe uh, humankind, the human race. It's the same word you'll find. We talked about it on Wednesday night. Man shall not live by bread alone. This just doesn't apply. That verse, like, it would be crazy to think that that verse just applies to the male species. It doesn't. There's a word that is used to describe um, the humankind, the human race. So let me read it again. The things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. And so what we're doing today in the presence of many witnesses is, is entrusting. It's entrusting Amy to, to lead and to teach which he does so well, and I couldn't help but but I couldn't help but laugh at at the uh, again. Don't take ourselves too seriously, but we take what we're called to really seriously. This is what um this is what Titus said, uh or this is what, sorry this is what Paul said to Titus. The similar idea, he's evangelized the city, he has established a church, and now he is empowering these Christian leaders, and Titus being one of them. And so he's, Paul is encouraging Titus to appoint elders in every town. And I think this is this is feels like a prophetic word for Amy. He appoint elders in every town to straighten out what was left unfinished. So you all know me, David, and Neville well enough. We need straightened out. There will be stuff if we are left on our own that will be left unfinished. That's why I think that what Paul said to Titus, I am I am almost saying to Amy, Amy, we're pointing you to straighten out what has been left unfinished. 
um, there's the there's the words um, Paul shared with Timothy or with Titus. Um, so Neville's going to come up, share a few thoughts, and then David's going to come up and uh, and lead us in a prayer. Brilliant. Um, significant day for Amy. Yeah, and uh, um, I'm sure you're all as excited as we are. Um, when we told Amy that today was going to happen on today, Generation Sunday, I think she was really excited because she loves all generations of the church. And uh, and I think Generation Sunday actually is her favorite Sunday in the month. So, um, so right from the youngest, right to the oldest. And I know there's lots of people looking on here thinking, what's happening and what, what are we doing and whatever. Um, and, and Neil has explained that. But let me let me just put this sweet taster. This could be you someday. This could be the calling that God has on your life. And uh, one day, this could be a place where you are too. So, Amy, first of all, we want to just acknowledge Amy has been leading alongside us for the last while, uh, trying to straighten us out, uh, as Neil has said. And uh, so today is just the day where we want to make that official as a church and then David's going to come and pray over. But it wouldn't be right without saying something about her mum and dad. Isn't that correct? Yeah. So, um, and just the beautiful environment Amy has been brought up in. And Fran, I'm not going to make you cry, am I? Maybe. Um, but there's a lot to be said for that, you know. Um, so um, aunts and uncles and even your ch previous church experience, we want to acknowledge all of that before you came here. Amy came here about 12 and a half years ago, right about that, around 12 years ago um, as a young girl, uh, still a young girl, but she was she was a bit younger then. Um, and her mom dropped her and dad, did you come over to drop her off too? Just this mom. And she thought, what on earth, where am I? What am I, where am I leaving her? Um, and that's only because she met David. Um, Ron and Carlin, took her in uh, and part of the gap year program. There was a, a welcome for, for people to come. And, uh, and so she, she came and I, I don't think you expected to be here, to stay here. And you two definitely didn't expect to be here. So uh, it's amazing how um, 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 God works those things out. So there's been some people that have been a big part of your life. Um, and we're part of that gap year, isn't that right? Anastasia. Um and Kirsty and uh and Theo. Well, Theo wasn't there at that time, or neither were you, Derek. Um, but um, so uh, uh, and they've always journeyed with you. There's others and David and Nicola as well. And I know your friend Sonia's here. Lauren's here. We haven't heard you yet, Lauren. Uh, you know, and, and Grace would have loved to have been here as well. So uh, um. They've all been a part of your life. Um, but from an early age, we could see that Amy's heart was towards the local church. We could we, that was something that was that was something that we could see uh very early on. And she she loved just to serve wherever she could, help out, be there uh, right from those early 12 years ago. Um um, but I suppose as I said in the last four or five years, we invited her to come and sit with us and and uh, um, and then we realized that there's a lot more to Amy. And so what we want to say is, Amy, you're a young lady with a huge capacity. She has a huge capacity, very quiet, 
in, in her nature, not pushy, not showy, um, just huge capacity. You have a great ability to see things differently um, with a bit, bit bigger of a perspective. You still live with the uh, element of curiosity where scripture is concerned and, and uh, understanding the kingdom and the ways of God. And you have this great ability to adapt. If things don't work out, things don't go as planned, you have a great ability just to say, well, let's just try it or think about it in another way, which is, is super. God has given you many gifts. Um, I suppose I point on the gifts that I definitely don't have. One is creativity, um, communication, lots, lots, lots of different things, serving and caring. And, uh, and the beautiful thing, Amy, about you is you don't sit on those gifts. That's a bit rare to say. But anyway, um, you don't just, you, you use them and you, have, you want to better them for the um, sake of others. So I just have one verse before David comes to share. And it's, um, it's in the story of, or sorry, book of Mark 16. And it says this, um, and he said to them, go into all the world and share the good news with all the people. And um, and so I just want you to carry that word all uh, a wee bit with you, um, if 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 you, if you like to, you can throw it out if you want. Um, another version is Matthew twenty eight, and it says, "Therefore go into all the nations, uh, making disciples of all peoples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to follow all I have commanded." you too, and I will be with you always, not me, God will be with you always. And then second uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 17, um, Peter says in his speech, he said, uh, where God declares that I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. And I suppose what I want to say is, I think you've got a glimpse of the all of God, and just keep pushing into that. Um, Keep sharing that, as I say, Generation Sunday, you understand the all of the church and you've got a glimpse of that and keep uh, pushing yourself. Allow that all to fuel you, um, to continue to fuel your hunger for more. Allow that all to expand your gifts even beyond. I know you're all sitting there going, isn't she just brilliant as she is? But I just believe there's so much more and, uh, and just keep, pressing in uh, for the more. But, you know, don't go off and leave us, like, please, because of the more. Um, uh, allow that all to lead you to places you wouldn't normally go and to um, just to, I suppose, allow all of heaven to be lived through your everyday ordinary. And, um, and remember, all of heaven is yours in Christ. So, um, David, you're going to come and um... do another 20-minute preach for food. Amy, my turn to say all the great things about you. And they give me the, the shortest slot, which isn't great. Just for the record, I was not here when Amy was dropped off. Nicola and I were still living in America. And whenever we came back, that's when she was like, oh, yes, I think we will stay here. This is a great place. So come on up, Amy. Um, and we're going to pray of you. 
honestly, I've never done an initiation for a church leader or an elder. I've only done initiations for a rugby team, which is slightly different um, and a wee bit brutal. So we'll not be doing that. We'll maybe do a few forfeits during the week or something, make you run around the village in a clown suit or I don't know. Um, we'll do something fun because that's what that's what we need to keep in this. And that's the verse that I God gave me for you this morning. Um, so this is the verse. But what I want to do is can the young girls that, where'd they all go? Where'd all the young girls go? Studying for the AQE exams again? Can you just come in here? Because I think it's important to have the next generation of girls. Boys, you're great too, but this is not about you today. Um, come on up, girls, and we're going to pray. You can come as well if you want. Good lad. And I want to lay hands on, on Amy, and we're going to pray for her. But this, this is the verse I felt on my heart for you this morning, Amy. Philippians 4, verse 4. And you're going to need this when you're working with us, crew. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow for you're united with the anointed one. And this is already a part of your gifting. Verse 5. Let gentleness be in every relationship for our Lord is ever near. And so probably one of your, your greatest gifts is your gentleness. Okay. All the other things, great. You're brilliant at it. But you, you get your gentleness from your mom and your dad, I think, both gentle in nature and loving and caring. And it's passed on and you're going to do the same. And you're going to do the same with these girls. Um, and it's great to have that gentleness in the leadership of this church. Because uh, sometimes gentleness is the way to open the doors. So, Father, Lord, we thank you for this great young lady who is full of amazing gifts. But Lord, we just thank you this morning and celebrate just her. We thank you that, Lord, she is a great example of what it is to quietly love you and to serve you with a joyous praise in everything that she does. And Father, I pray um, in the seasons ahead, as there's more coming, that, Lord, it will be filled with joy, joyous praise, that joy will be at the center of it that we would continue to have fun on this journey as we bring your kingdom to this village, that joy will be restored in how we lead and how we do life together. And I thank you that Amy already carries that and understands it. And Lord, we just thank you for her this morning. We thank you, Lord, for uh, what she is already passing on to the younger generation. And we ask, Lord, for more more for Amy, more for this church. And we pray that, Lord, she will just be a key catalyst in bringing your kingdom and your life and your joy to this village and, and this county and this nation. In your wonderful name, amen.